So I hope somebody can explain what the hell Anthony Joshua was thinking with his strategy. Listen, I actually know what he was thinking. What I'm saying, though, is I don't know who in his camp felt this was a good idea. If you didn't see the fight, Uzik versus Joshua uh, 2, the rematch, uh, Alexander Usyk gets his hand raised. It's a split decision. Many people felt that it was not a split decision. Many people felt like Usyk completely dominated Anthony Joshua. I'm going to break down what I saw and what I feel. Do I feel that Usyk beat this man? Absolutely. Do I feel that it was a dominant win? I say yes. I felt like Usyk arguably should have won 115, 113 across the board. Some people felt like eight rounds to four. I, I didn't see that because you had some rounds where it was kind of a toss and it really depended on what you liked. What you saw in the fight, though, Joshua, like his stance, his stance and the way he was fighting, it was almost like he was trying to fight like Foreman, like George Foreman, like he was coming forward with a guard and then trying to walk Uzik down. But that was never going to work the way he did it. It's not that it was a bad strategy. It's the way he did it because Uzik, Late in the fight, so not early. Early, Uzik was kind of not tentative, but he wasn't. He was focusing on accuracy. He still had a good work rate, but he was really focused on accuracy. Joshua's coming forward, and he has the guard up. And then later in the fight, when Joshua does that same, the thing is Uzik was throwing shots around the guard, behind the guard, through the guard, because Joshua wasn't good enough to block every single shot coming his way. Well, George Foreman wasn't either. The thing is, George Foreman, his punches made his opponent respect him. That was the difference between what I saw with Foreman and what I saw with Joshua. But the highlight of, the, of this fight, folks, you got it's on YouTube. You got to see Joshua's rant after the fight. The man broke down. He broke down because there was pressure on this dude. There are photos out there trying to showcase that Joshua's, I forget who the opponent was, but he was fighting somebody and he was standing over him and people juxtapose this against Ali against Liston. No, Joshua is never close to Muhammad Ali at all. So this rant that Joshua goes on after the fight, right? Go to YouTube and find it. All you got to do is find Anthony Joshua meltdown and you're going to find some hits about this. And I want you to see this. Essentially what he does is he, after the announcement that he's lost again, the second time now, and Uzik now is not only back unified, not only keeps his belts, but he's now the ring magazine. So he's basically the man in the division. Joshua immediately runs over to Uzik and he's talking to Uzik. And finally, the camera decides to go over there and hear it, listen in. And Uzik's telling, or Joshua's telling Uzik something along the lines of basically, you're not strong. How did you win? I've got character. I've got this. And skills win fights. And it's he's making it seem like this guy, Uzik, should not have beat him. But the thing is, this fight didn't come down to a difference of skill. This fight was all about game plan because Uzik was just that much better in the, in the game plan. Like the game plan Uzik had was just that much better. He made adjustments. He switched it up. He saw what Joshua was doing and he made adjustments. Joshua did not make adjustments from what I saw. He kept doing the same thing. And I didn't know, like, it seemed like he can't, for whatever reason, he refuses to just be that bully. So when he's trying to come forward, George Foreman style, Foreman would be a bully. He would actually use his power and size. Joshua wasn't doing that. Like his hands were up and he, at points he was fighting like Paul Williams, you know, like hands up and he would just stick a straight right down the, the, the guard or something. I'm like, dude, you're, you're a heavyweight. You're a weightlifting heavyweight. Why aren't you bullying this guy, getting inside, making it dirty? There were some times when there was some fighting inside, a couple of low blows as a result, 
which told me that they didn't train for that. They didn't train for Joshua to really bully this man. So the moment I saw Joshua basically go back to boxing, I knew it was a done deal. He wasn't going to do it. And he gave interviews talking about he was going to be dominant. He was going to knock this guy out. He's going to go after him. He did not do any of this stuff. And it seemed like he was just afraid of getting hit, frankly. So I don't think he's done, but this post-fight rant, you got to see it because him doing what he did and he gets on the mic and he's his shots out. So he's like kind of calmed down a little bit, but he's still up talking about, I was, I started boxing when I was at the and I did the, you know, and then let's, you know, let's hear it for Usyk. And it was weird. People said he actually threw belts out the ring. Please go check that out on YouTube. Anyhow, Alexander Uzik is the man at heavyweight for now because he holds the ring magazine title. Regardless of what NSB says, the man who holds the ring magazine championship is arguably considered the best in the division. This is the case. Where do we go from here? I certainly hope we don't see a third fight because Joshua took two L's back to back. And frankly, most, I would say the majority of people who watched both fights did not see that Joshua would did more or did enough to get a split decision in either situation. And if you could make a case that Joshua's improved from the first fight, he didn't get completely dominated, but it certainly was not the performance we expected. Certainly not the performance he said we were going to get and very much disappointing. It was disappointing to see this. And because even if you're not a fan of Anthony Joshua, right? I said it on some forums. It's like, if you go back and look at the Wilder Fury trilogy, these guys were literally, both of them, not just one. In the first fight, it was what it was. Arguably, everybody, including myself, felt like there's no way Wilder won that fight because Tyson Fury was dominating even when he got dropped. But in the second and the third of those fights, both guys were literally trying to, quote, get a body on the record. They were going after each other. They were throwing with bad intentions. There were multiple knockdowns on both sides. We're talking just the greatest trilogy in recent history at heavyweight between these two. And people criticized it because it wasn't this stylistic, brilliant boxing match. Uzik Joshua was more of a boxing match, but it didn't have the same appeal because, again, you had two guys who claimed they were going to go out there, try to get a knockout, try to, and they were not aggressive. I'll give it more to Uzik because Uzik seemed like his work rate, he was actually trying to cause more damage. Uzik didn't have the power to get Joshua off his feet, whereas Ruiz was able to do it. I'll give Joshua credit because he at least stood and traded at times, unlike what he did with Ruiz where he ran in the rematch. So I'll give him that. Clearly, Uzik doesn't have the power. Nowhere near the power at heavyweight that he had in cruiserweight. So that made Joshua more confident to kind of stand and trade uh, my only criticism is Joshua didn't go after Uzik and get him out of there because I believe he could have if he had upped the aggression. It did seem like Joshua gassed at points. That could have played a factor. I don't know. As far as Robert Garcia, overrated, in my opinion, because we saw an improvement, but it was still the same Joshua at the end of the day. He didn't do what he needed to do. Now, whether that was Garcia himself or just something in Joshua where he had a mind block, don't know why. I'm saying this fight, to me, it's not going to be one of those that's like memorable, like the Wilder Fury trilogy. But what it did is it told us one main thing. Uzik is the guy. He's the main guy at heavyweight. He will be somewhat difficult to beat. Here's my last statement. I'll wrap up. I believe Deontay Wilder, if Deontay Wilder were able to catch Uzik with that right hand, just one of them, I think Wilder beats him. The question is whether Wilder would be able to even able to catch the guy that's going to be the open question because Uzik was doing a very good job his movement's really good his defense is really solid 
There were times he was getting caught through the guard, certainly so, and that worries me because if he fights Walder and he eats that shot, I don't think he survives it because I think Walder has just enough in the way he throws it where Joshua just wasn't committing to the punch. Joshua was not sitting down on the shot for the purposes of getting the guy out of there. He was still in this mind of scoring punches. Wilder's going to do the scoring punches up to a point, and then at some point he's going to go all for broke and then possibly start windmilling, and I don't think Uzik survives the windmill. So I'm I'm hopeful. <laughs> I do believe Wilder's going to blow Hellenius out, and then we have to see where things go. Wilder is highly ranked across the board, so that means he'll be in the mix to fight somebody. If Fury stays retired, that means Wilder is going to be positioned for the WBC title shot that's out there, and if which currently Fury still holds, right? So if Fury vacates that WBC, Wilder's going to be right in the mix of that title. It, whoever, I think Wilder beats anybody not named Tyson Fury. I'll say that on record. If Wilder's back in the mix at WBC, that means he's got to fight Uzik because I don't see anybody else fighting Uzik that would sell it out other than Wilder at this point. You're not going to get a sellout with boring-ass Frank Sanchez, and he's the only other person in line that I can think of. You got a couple of the guys, but they're coming off losses, so you're only banking on their name value to sell the fight but if you really want to have that super fight type level you're talking about Deontay Wilder if Wilder gets the WBC back assuming Fury uh, retires for good if Fury doesn't retire and Fury comes back but he keeps the WBC and he wants to defend it and fight somebody okay then does he fight Wilder a fourth time I certainly hope not but that would be the only path because Wilder is number one ranked it's a weird situation in heavyweight now that Joshua lost again and we have to see where things go. I still would like to see Wilder Joshua. I don't think we will, which is unfortunate, but I think we should see it. I think Wilder smokes him, just like I've always felt that. And I, if we do see Wilder Uzik, it comes down to, can Wilder land the right hand? And if I think he does, I think he wins. And if he does, what a comeback story. If he is able to do that, what a, if he is able to get the WBC back, do whatever, and then he beats, let's say, two other guys. Say he gets matched now for unification against Uzik, and he's able to beat Uzik and unify the division, despite losing to Tyson Fury by knockout twice, going a brief hiatus, coming back, and then this, this amazing story of unifying the division, and then imagine Fury comes out of retirement and challenges him, because Fury's still, still technically the official lineal. It's a crazy time at heavyweight, folks. Anyway, Alexander Uzik is the man at heavyweight right now. He has every belt except for the WBC, still hold by Tyson Fury, Tyson Fury has not officially vacated the WBC. If he does, Deontay Wilder is ranked number one right now with WBC. So that means that Wilder will be in the mix for whoever is going to be for the vacant WBC. And whoever that person is, Usyk has to be next on the list for unification, full unification of the heavyweight division. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Combat Talk Radio, Masterpiece Boxing, found at CombatTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening today, whether you are a subscriber or not. I know you have choices, and I appreciate you for being here. Just to remind those that are new to the show, Combat Talk Radio records every Friday, so once a week in the Pacific time zone. And then Lifeblood of Boxing series, which is our coverage of the boxers I think are worth your time and give to the sport. That's once per month. It does not have a fixed schedule, but once a month I'll have a release until I run out of ones that I think are worth covering. Or Lifeblood of Boxing. So those are our two programs. It is podcast only at this point. We want to hear from you. So combattalkradio.net at the bottom. Hit comments, feedback. Let us know how we're doing. If there's anything that you'd like to see us adjust or improve, we want to hear from you, and we are open to that feedback. 
We also are open to starting up the YouTube again, but it seemed like that died off when Lomachenko took a loss, and we don't know why. So if somebody knows why or they'd like to hear the YouTube coverage, let us know that as well in the comments, and we are open to doing it. We just need to make sure the fans are there. Right now they're on the podcast, not on the YouTube for whatever reason specific. We're open either way. Anyhow, that'll do it, and I will see you guys next week.